I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Each of we have tonight. Uh, I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. The internet, social media, dating and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner. And we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims' family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide, okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's important to go back and relive specifically some of the cases of the predators I've caught in Murphy, Texas. As you know, Murphy, Texas was a controversial place for us. It was where William Conrad Jr., surfaced, the assistant prosecutor in a neighboring county. He was chatting with two different decoys posing as underage boys. He never showed up at the house, but in the determination of the Murphy Police Department, he had crossed the line and committed a crime trying to solicit a child for sex. You know the rest of the story. Police went to his house. We were in the street watching, recording. He committed suicide. It turned out later that he had child pornography on his computer and evidence that ultimately put his boss, the elected prosecutor of that county, in federal prison. He may or may not have known we were in the street. I don't know for sure. That put a damper on the entire investigation. Obviously, was shocking, was not something anybody wants to see happen in a case like this. 
Before we even did the Murphy, Texas investigation, which was one of the investigations where perverted justice, the online watchdog group, acted as decoys and consultants to both Dateline NBC and to the Murphy Police Department, there was controversy. The local district attorney said to the police department, you bring us the cases and we'll determine whether or not we're going to prosecute them. It wasn't going to be automatic. There was some concern in the community that the police department was going to conduct another one of these stings. And the district attorney's office, in spite of the fine work perverted justice had done historically, was anxious about using them as decoys. Once William Conrad Jr. committed suicide, the DA pretty much declined to prosecute any of the cases that surfaced in Murphy, Texas, which is a shame. And the case I'm going to talk about in this episode illustrates why. Every man who walked into that house in November of 2006 wanted to have sex with a child. Their chat logs indicated it, their behavior indicated it, and the police department determined there was enough probable cause to make an arrest. Now, some of these men would offend again, and some of them would face justice, criminal justice in a court of law. But some of them walked away without prosecution. And that, quite honestly, is a travesty. One of those men was a predator I caught in that investigation named William Dow. He was 63 years old on November 4th, 2006 at 4.09 p.m. when he arrived at our sting house to meet someone who said online... They were a 14-year-old girl named Tanya. Tanya Tex, as in Texas. William Dow had been in a conversation online with this decoy posing as a 14-year-old girl from November 1st until the day of his arrival on November 4th. His screen name in the chat, Bob75007. 007. Some secret agent he was. And I'm going to get into the chat here in a minute, and I think you'll agree with me that there is very little to misunderstand here. The grooming is shocking and outrageous. Not even very subtle, even in the beginning. And he makes his intent very clear. Again, Dow is 63. Tanya Tex tells him very clearly and he acknowledges that she's 14, that she's going to be home alone, that she's a virgin. He'll talk about that in the chat. What makes Dow so dangerous, I think, among the many things, actually, is that he was a former law enforcement officer 
according to our research, and this has been confirmed, he was not only a police officer, but a sheriff's deputy. He had experience with technology, communications, and his job when he walked into the Sting House was a photographer. Now, I know what you're thinking. Did he photograph children? Did he have exposure to children? He claimed at the time, and there's some reason to believe him, that most of his photography had to do with horses and horse shows. Now, whether or not that put him in contact with children, that remains unclear. What is very clear, however, is that he was trying to get in contact with this child during this investigation. What brings you into chat rooms this afternoon? What were you interested in, he asks. Looking for friends? I'm 49, he says. That okay? Well, even if that was true, which it wasn't at the time, he's actually 63, he starts off making himself younger. As if that would be okay and even better, or somehow more appropriate, or palatable to a child. Okay, I'm 14. Nice, he says. Where are you from? She asks. Carrollton. You? More talk about where everybody lives. What do you do for excitement, he wants to know. Not enough, lol. Bored a lot. Bummer, what would you like to do? Anything such as... Get unboard, lol. Any ideas? Nope. If I could think of something, I wouldn't check out the chat, lol. Lol back. Well, a lot of things I can think of can't be done, at least not with someone young. All right, so literally five minutes into the chat, he brings up the specter of sex with someone who's underage. Well, a lot of things I can think of can't be done, at least not with someone young. I'm a professional photographer, he brags, mainly horse shows. What do you look like? She asks. He describes himself, including the fact that he's got a trimmed beard and stash. I would show you, but my cam got fried a couple of days ago in a power failure here. We might have to get together. He says, yeah, bet you wouldn't be bored for long. Grooming, grooming, grooming. Why, LOL, she asks. We might be able to find some things to do together, he says. Hmm, like, do I have to spell it out? Yeah, she's 14. LOL. Introduces himself by name. Would you be interested in doing some things, he asks. Kind of been wondering, she says. Really? Kind of, LOL? What were you thinking? What were you thinking? Wondering what you're thinking. LOL. Thinks he's being pretty clever. He's talking to a child. We could go on like that all night. Yeah, I know. What were you wondering about? Ever done anything yet? Kind of made out and stuff, she says. Kissed and... Yeah, what else? I'm interested. Like hugging stuff, she says. Not much. Okay, what would you like to do next? I don't know, LOL. She asks, you have a girlfriend? 
I have a wife. I guess that makes her my girlfriend, kind of LOL. Now, remember, he's trying to adjust his chat, grooming all the way, knowing he's talking to a 14-year-old girl or thinking he's talking to a 14-year-old girl. You could try whatever you want with me, he says. I'm very open-minded. If it's pleasurable, I like it. Love it, he says. Are you interested? What you doing today? Didn't go to school, she says. Okay, why not? Didn't feel like it. This is a day or so later. Should have let me know. Maybe we could have done something. That could have been cool, she says. How often does your dad go away? Let me know next time. He will be gone. Maybe we can plan something. <sighs> what would you like to do, she asks. Exploring each other? Maybe, lol. That would be too much to hope for. How come, she asks. It would be very, very nice, and things like that don't come around very often, meaning sex with a 14-year-old girl. We could have lunch. Yeah. Maybe around 1 p.m. or so? Hmm... Where would we meet? Um, I don't know. Dad's not home right now. Guess you could pick me up. Okay. You said before we could find stuff to do, LOL. We just have to figure out where it's hidden. Whatever you would like to do or try, it's up to you. I'm very open. I don't know, LOL. Don't know much, she says. I thought everyone above the age of eight knew everything these days, LOL. Everyone above the age of eight is sexually active, is what he's trying to say. So it's okay, because you're 14. You have to be open with me and tell me what you're curious about or would like to try. I promise I won't bite unless you like that. Ugh. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. I assumed you were talking about sex. Figured that was what you meant about doing things. Tell me what you and your boyfriend did. Now, this is just, I mean, so disgusting. The whole thing. A 63-year-old man trying to have sex with a child, obviously. But the way he goes about it. Now, remember, he's got experience in law enforcement. He's got experience in communications. He had a ham radio, not that that makes somebody a predator, of course, but he's, you know, wiry. He understands how to communicate, talk to people. He's been in positions of authority. We mostly like kissed and made out, she says, about the experience with her boyfriend. What did you do when you made out? This gets really creepy. Stand by. Like kiss and hug and touch a little. Who touched what? You know, LOL. No, I don't. That's why I'm asking. I'm interested. It's pretty aggressive, this guy. Which is, again, why not getting prosecuted was such a travesty at the time. Please tell me. I would like to hear about it. Now he's begging the girl, cajoling. You know, some just not like every place. Did he touch your breasts? Yeah. Did he touch between your legs? No, LOL. Would you like that? Have you tried it yourself? Not really. You should. So now he's encouraging this 14-year-old girl to masturbate. Did he kiss you on your breasts? No, LOL. That feels even better than just touching. Now he's the big educator. Even better to have someone suck on them. Ugh. 
Would you want more than that? What are you wearing right now? He asks. You know how you were feeling when your breasts were touched? Multiply that by a thousand when you have an orgasm. Have you ever played with your clit? She's 14, William Dow. Do you know where it is? Think so. At the top of your slit. I can walk you through it if you want. Of course, it's better if someone else does it for you. This goes on for a bit. He talks about keeping his wife, having the girl as his girlfriend. They plan on the time when he's going to come over. There's a phone call. Would you like to have your back scrubbed? We might not even go to lunch. And then he says, as he's taking a shower in preparation to come over and sexually assault a 14-year-old girl, he gets nervous. I never seem to get a direct answer on my questions, like always wanting me to make the suggestions. That got me wondering, like what? That is a tactic to prevent entrapment. What? She says. I would feel more comfortable if you made a direct, explicit request for something we could do. Remember, he's a former cop and sheriff's deputy. He's getting nervous now because he thinks this might be a sting operation and he might get stung. Did you want to fondle me, explore my parts? For you, it's no big deal. For me, it could be jail, loss of reputation, loss of work, and many, many more things. He gets over it, though. And now he's on his way. William Dow rolls up in his minivan, pops out, doesn't really look around or check for police or whether or not the house is under surveillance. He's moving, you know, at a modest pace. Doesn't seem too nervous. Another man is on his way in. This is 63-year-old William Dow arriving for a date with a girl who told him she's 14. Hey! You made it! Come on in! He heads up the sidewalk after parking on the street. You can hear the on-site decoy and actress we hired to pretend she was the girl in question. Welcome, William Dow, to the Stinghouse. He approaches. Hello. (laughs) He strolls right in. And if you'll recall the setup in the Murphy Stinghouse, there was a pool table in the area where the great room, family room, kitchen is. There's a counter. And he comes in and he has a conversation for a little bit with this on-site decoy. She's got a hoodie on. Her hood is up. And he's got his hands in his pocket, wearing his khaki. He's got a little jacket on. And he's wary, but not enough to leave. Well, I thought I'm going to go out and grab something to eat. We can go out and do that. And he's being very casual. Well, you want to grab something to eat? We could do that. The girl, the actor posing as the 14-year-old girl, says, let's just stay here. As in, I'm not going to get into a car with a creepy stranger like you. We need to talk and get to know each other first. He seems okay with that. It's a bit of a standoff now. 
The decoy's a little bit nervous, and he's wary. Now, I'm watching from the next room, and he's shifting his head back and forth, almost as if he is wondering, okay, is somebody going to pounce out and grab me at any moment? But again, he's excited enough or wants to consummate this assault of a child enough where he doesn't go running out just yet. And then I appear. It's How are you this afternoon? Pretty good. Probably think I know who you are, right? Why don't you have a seat right there, please? Sure. Well, I probably think I know who you are, he says. I tell him to have a seat. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. Now, he complies, sits right down, and his mind is spinning, trying to figure out who the heck I am. Exactly. How you doing? Good. What are you up to today? Well, I thought I was going to have Amber. Amber. Ask him what he's up to. You heard it. Well, it's going to take her to have a hamburger. Hmm. I don't think that was the exact plan he had in mind. And who are you going to have a hamburger with? Well, somebody by the name of Tanya. Well, how long did it take you to drive over here? 34 minutes, I guess. 34 minutes. And he knew exactly how long it took him to get over there. 34 minutes to have this hamburger with Tanya. Tanya Tex. And along the way, did you think, maybe this is a bad idea? Yeah. <laughs> sure. I asked him if at any time during that 34 minutes, he thought this was a bad idea. Yeah. With a laugh, he says. But you kept driving. Yeah, like I say, curiosity got the better of me. Curiosity. What, curiosity to see what it would be like to meet a 14-year-old girl home alone? Partially. (laughs) He says curiosity got the better of him. And, well, he was stupid. Listen. I was stupid. I knew it was a setup. But help me understand it. If you knew it was a setup... I know. Why why, why am I here? Why would you even do it? I know. Then Bob... 75007 wants me to identify myself. And and I get the feeling at that moment that maybe he's got some law enforcement training because of the way he asks. He seems aware of his rights. And I want to put him off just a little bit here because I don't want to say exactly. Because if I say that, that'll cue the camera crew to come out. And I'm not ready for that yet. So I kind of mince my words a little bit, acknowledging who I am and what I'm doing. Don't want to be deceptive, but it's not time for the crew to come out yet. And come would on you, over. Would uh, you identify yourself? Now, I'll get to that in just a minute. No, would you identify yourself now? I'm Chris Hansen. And so you're not with law enforcement. You're with the TV station. With Dateline NBC. So... He's now realizing that I'm not with law enforcement. He recognizes the name. He says TV station opposed to to catch a predator, Dateline NBC, the network. So part of him's a little bit relieved, I'm guessing, because so far, maybe he's not going to get arrested. Now, being on TV is not good for this sort of thing, obviously. But he's still trying to figure his way out of it. And he doesn't bolt, right? He doesn't see cameras. It's not registered yet that everything's being recorded with our hidden cameras. Now, I want to talk to you just a little bit about this chat. Mm-hmm. 
You ask, can I be your boyfriend? I think it's complicated. I start to read him some of what he said in his text, and he doesn't wait around long. He knows what's coming. He knows what he said. He says, I better be going. Stands up and starts to exhibit leave-taking behavior. And then I fully identify myself, just to make it clear, just to drive the point home and to alert the crew, it's time to come out, which they do. Well, as I told you, I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. We're doing a story on adults who try to meet children online. William Dow, Bob 75007, quickly makes his escape, or so he thinks. He gets out the front door, gets a few more steps, and he runs smack dab into the Murphy Police Department. And he's arrested and handcuffed. Please! Get on the ground. Get on the ground. On the ground. On the ground. On your belly. On your belly. Roll up, sir. Where are you? Roll up. Get up. Take it to the Now, as a former police officer and sheriff's deputy, William Dow knows the routine. He doesn't put up any resistance. He's cuffed taken down to the police station for further interrogation. We have some of that here, too. When he gets there with uh, police officers and detectives, Dow is searched. His personal items are taken from him, put in an evidence bag. And there's one thing there, one thing that he's going to have to try to explain away. It was a rubber ring with spikes on it. And it was pretty clear to the detectives, to the officers, that this was a sexual enhancement device. Now, he's going to try to explain it away, and it's pretty comical. Stand by. Now he's in the interrogation room, and he's about to be read his rights, but he has an unusual request. He actually wants the police to call his wife. Why? Can I get somebody to call my wife because I've got a heart condition and she's going to be worried if she doesn't hear from me? We can attend to that, sure. He's got a heart condition and he's worried that his wife is going to fear for his safety if he doesn't reach out. Now, if the heart condition is so bad, then what's he doing riding around town trying to have sex with a 14-year-old girl? Hmm? He signs a document waiving his rights to have a lawyer present during his questioning. The detective wants to know about this wanting to have a hamburger with a 14-year-old child. What made you want to come over here? Anybody before, actually. Have a hamburger with a 14-year-old child? Yeah. Doesn't that sound a little unusual? Sounds stupid. Okay. (laughs) He tries to laugh it all off. He's a funny guy, he says. He jokes around a lot, says stuff that maybe he shouldn't say. And you transmit to Tanya, maybe we should have spent the night together. I was joking. And mine would not have been restful and yours would not have been boring. What? I was joking. I have a tendency to be funny and I make jokes of everything. I have a tendency to be funny and make jokes of everything. Yeah. Who's funny now? William Dow. And listen to his answer when asked by the detective if... A 14-year-old girl was there, and we were not. Did you intend to have sex with her? I don't think so, to be honest. You don't think so? No. I don't think so? Let me translate that for you. 
Yes, if the girl would have let me, I would have had sex with her. I think that's what that means. Oh, and now we're going to have a discussion about that unusual rubber object, the ring that has spikes coming out of it. In the olden days, they called this a French tickler. You bought them in vending machines or at shops that catered to things like this. It had spikes coming off of it. What is that? I don't remember now. I don't remember now, he says. <laughs> it was in his pocket. Oh, wait a minute. That was something he says he got at the office supply store. Yeah, right. It's some kind of ring. Oh, uh, a finger indexer for like, flipping through papers? No. Well, that's what I got it for. Where'd you get it? I think I got that at an office supply store. No, you didn't buy that at an office supply store. Maybe an adult bookstore or someplace like that? Is it some kind of stimulator? I guess it could be. <laughs> the more I think about it. I guess it could be. What he's trying to suggest to the detective is that this sexual enhancement device, ring, was something that you would buy at the office supply store you put on your thumb and it helps you to go through documents without having to lick your finger. That's not what it was. He tries to claim it was a dual-use object, apparently. I think we both know you brought that out here today when you went to meet this 14-year-old girl. Yeah, it was probably just in my jacket. Okay. It was not intentional. Probably just in my jacket, not intentional. <laughs> How many folks walk around with a French tickler in their pocket? I don't think that many. And now he's going to play the former law enforcement card with a detective who clearly is unimpressed. You're right, I used to work in police work. That's what okay. Many, many, many years ago. Were you a policeman? Uh, yeah. How do we go from law enforcement to the chaperon? I knew better. I knew better. I did it anyway. Which begs the obvious question. How do you go from law enforcement to being in a chat room? And he's going to throw up his arms and just say, I knew better. Again, no sympathy here. You've never done this before? Never. It was a stupid mistake. I'm here, and I guess we just have to go from here. And this might not come to you as shocking. He claims he's never done this before. More of our story in a moment. Well, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, William Dow was one of the lucky ones in terms of being prosecuted. He did get out on bail after his arrest. And as it turned out, the DA in that county in Texas declined prosecution. He walked. Now, we don't know if he ever paid any consequences at home or professionally. We did air the story as one of the predators I caught in, in Murphy, Texas. So he did get exposure. There is no indication that he got into trouble with law enforcement after that incident. It does appear that he left Texas Carrollton, Texas, that was 34 minutes away from our home in Murphy, and moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky. 
where he continued working as a photographer at horse shows, equestrian events. Now, ironically, we would, a year or so later, actually do a sting operation in Bowling Green, Kentucky, not knowing that's where William Dow moved. He did not surface along with Lauren Armstrong and the others in the Bowling Green, Kentucky investigation. I wanted to reach out to William Dow and talk to him about this. But I guess I was about a week late. William Dow died at the age of 80 about a week ago, a little more than a week ago, in Bowling Green, Kentucky. His obituary was posted online. Bill's interest in technology started early at age 12, where he received his ham radio license. Later, when he added other licenses and moved to Texas, he became W5VR1. That was his channel on the ham radio. He apparently went to college for two years at the Institute of Technology in Chicago. It says in the obituary that he worked in many professions during his life, chief engineer in a radio station, in law enforcement as a police officer and a sheriff's deputy, as I said, a computer program, sales support at a company in Illinois and in Texas. And as we knew, a freelance photographer in Texas and Kentucky. And he also, according to this obituary, became a licensed drone pilot. Bill was a volunteer docent at the historic rail park in Bowling Green, where he gave tours of the train cars. He was active in Thoroughbred Toastmasters, where he had achieved the highest rank of Distinguished Toastmaster. wonder if all those folks knew he had been arrested in a sting in Murphy, Texas, outside Dallas. Bill was also a professional speaker on various genealogy and family history topics, including on British home children that were brought from the UK to Canada, like his father. Another great passion of his was being involved in the Sunny 16 Photography Club in Bowling Green, where he taught many classes. Now, the first thing you want to think is that 16 had to do with the age of the people he taught. It's not. It's a time or a window of lighting that is best for photography. Again, there was no indication that he came in contact with law enforcement after he came in contact with us. As always, I like to hear from you. And this week's question comes from Peyton in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Hello, Mr. Hansen. My name is Peyton and I'm from Newcastle in Western Pennsylvania. I'm the son of a survivor of the evil acts that you expose uh, men for attempting to commit. So I've seen uh, firsthand the damage that they've done. So I'm going to ask you a uh, question that I've wanted to ask you for a very, very long time. Do you think that there were predators, that there were cases where predators posed a substantial, severe danger to the decoy, more than just the trauma they would inflict. Like you were genuinely nervous that they were a murderer or a kidnapper 
you know, and I'm talking cases like how Todd Spikes had, you know, a boat anchor, a tarp rope, and a full arsenal of guns, and how Stephen Buchanan had a handgun, and Michael Gentile had a knife. You know, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think that those men genuinely intended to murder the decoy? Do you think, like, that there would have been a more extreme danger than just the psychological trauma that would have been been inflicted on the uh, decoy? Thank you very much, Mr. Hansen, and I look forward to hearing your answer. Have a good day. Thank you, Peyton, and that's a great question. If a real child was in play here, if this was not a sting operation, if one of these men, Todd Spikes or Stephen Buchanan, who was armed, actually met a child for sex, say there was a sexual liaison, what could have happened to the child? That's a very good question. In the case of Todd Spikes, where he had all kinds of gear in his vehicle, he had a 38 in his pocket, he had a another handgun, an automatic weapon, and a shotgun with hundreds of rounds of ammunition also in his vehicle, all kinds of things. You know, would he have taken this child elsewhere? He lived at the Florida-Alabama border where he was a police officer, believe it or not. His chat was extraordinarily graphic. Talked about threesomes with, you know, this girl and other people. I think there's a potential that beyond the harm, the horrible harm of the sexual assault, there could have been additional violence. In the case of Stephen Buchanan, who showed up in Fairfield, Connecticut, who had a camera capable of taking video, a handgun that was loaded in his vehicle and wanted to take it young teen for a driving lesson, among other things. You don't know. I mean, what if it went bad? What if he's with this girl and somehow police find out and there's a standoff? Does he use the gun? Those are legitimate questions and questions that I'm very thankful we didn't have to answer or that didn't play out in real life. And I think that's the point of the predator investigations, including the ones we do today on my network, True Blue, the takedown investigations. If these guys were not caught in the stings, there is every chance that they would go do this.